Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Sunday, wherever you are. It's yours truly, Dr. Carol. And we are what? We are Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn. And I am so excited about today's show. We have something wonderful planned for you. We have a wonderful guest, Miss Pamela Majors. But before we get into it too far, of course, we have to hear our wonderful theme song. And right after our theme song, I will more fully welcome you to today's show. And after that, we'll have a word from our sponsor. And then, and only then, will you meet our incredible, our wonderful our amazing guests. In the meantime, we want you to be active in the chat with your comments. Say hello, say where you're from, and why are you interested in today's topic of vibes? But before that, let's get it on with our intro. Greatness, greatness. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces. It's amazing. Weightless. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going Open up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces, it's amazing. All right, here we are again. Happy Sunday, and welcome to episode number nine of Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn, where we discuss all things weightless, whether it be related to the weight on our bodies and some of the weight we might want to release, whether it be related to being weightless and our physical health, what's going on in the world, what's going on with you in terms of how you are feeling, what information do you want to know about your heart, about your diabetes, about your blood pressure, about whatever it is that's happening in terms of your physical health, as well as your mental health. We want to be weightless in all areas of our life. We want to be weightless financially. We want to be weightless emotionally. We want to be weightless and free so we can do what? Walk more firmly in our purpose. And that's what we discuss on Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn as we share with our superstar guest. But before we get into meeting today's superstar guest and our incredible, incredible topic, the medicine of vibes, we need to have a word from what? A word from our sponsor. Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn is brought to you by Penn Global Visions and Penn Global Medical Group. We would like to thank you for supporting this program and joining us today. 
We invite you to listen to the podcast of all nine seasons of our shows at anchor.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts and videos on YouTube. Right now, let's return to Dr. Carol and her super friend guest. Thank you again for joining us. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, DM. So, you know me, I always like to have our guests online when I share their introduction. I want you to look at the person, receive the person, and oh, I'm going to say it, pick up on the vibe of the person, right? And how often is it that we ever really hear or receive accolades about our life to our face, right? You know, we might hear it every once in a while, but I think it's important. So I want to give a positive vibration and have all of us send our positive vibrations to our next guest. So I'm going to bring her on. You can see her. You're going to meet her. She's absolutely beautiful. There she is. There she is in her blue. So let's hear a little bit of her story. This is Pamela A. Major. Pamela A. Major is a life coach. She is a published author who is infusing healing in everything she writes. Her second book, The Comfort, gives the readers delicious recipes for the body and shares her story for the healing of her broken heart. The Comfort weaves unique soup offerings like Dirty Turkey and Jackson Love with a journey of discovery and soul repair. Her first book, I'm a Diamond Journal and Playbook for Life, takes the reader on a self-guided tour of personal discovery. Love that one, have that one, have taken that guided tour. So the person, Pamela A. Major, looks at herself as a midwife to purpose. She enjoys seeing her clients birth their dreams into their lives, the market and the world. She believes being yourself is the edge for everyone. Standing out is possible only when the authentic person or organization comes forward. Pamela believes that the healthier the person, the healthier the community, family, business, and world. And right there, boom, we are of one accord. I want to do my part to help bring wholeness to the world. One book at a time, one new belief embraced, we become better. She further believes that advocacy is key in developing healthy and thriving communities. She has been trained in both health equity and community advocacy. Miss Pamela major coaches, individuals, and organizations. She also consults with several non-profits. She holds master's degree in teaching and human services, counseling, and life coaching. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Waitlist with Dr. Carol Penn. Thank you so much for being here on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. You could be doing a thousand other things. So I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for making the time to bring information to this audience live. And of course, it's going to be shared with hundreds and thousands once we have it uploaded as a podcast. And that's what makes me so excited because the show does reach hundreds, sometimes thousands every week. And we can no longer afford to be the world's best kept secret. So world, meet Miss Pamela Major. 
and Miss Pamela Major, Meet the World. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Penn. Um, you know, it is always a joy to be with you and to have conversation and to help people. And that is something that we have had in common when we didn't know each other and now that we do. And so thank you for sharing my information and for this opportunity. We are gonna have a lot of fun and share a lot of information today. Yes, we are. And I always tell people, look, get your little journal out or get your notepad and your pen because we really do drop pearls of wisdom, nuggets of wisdom, breadcrumbs to the soul that we want people to implement into their life because we both have such a vested interest in seeing not only ourselves evolve and grow, but everybody that we come in contact with. So I want to ask you to get right into vibes. But before we do that, one one thought, I just, you know, this term, good vibes, vibrations, did you pick up that vibe? Did you feel it's been around since the 70s? And is it just a thing or is it? like, you know, like a popular culture thing, or is it a thing? And what I do want our audience to realize, it is a real scientific thing. So when we talk about feeling the vibe, or that person has a negative vibe, or that person has a positive vibe, it's actually an area of scientific study. And it has to do with the human biofield or the electromagnetic resonance of the human, as well as the earth and the relationship between the two. So for all of you out there that just want to geek out on a little bit of the science, so it is, it's an interplay on words. It is a phenomenon like an idea, but it's also an actual biophysical phenomenon. And it's something called Schumann's Resonance. S-C-H-U-M-A-N-N apostrophe S, Schumann's Resonance. We can also be known as the heartbeat of the earth. And it's actually 7.83 hertz in terms of the oscillation or the frequency. So it is, in fact, when you pick up on a negative vibe or a good vibe, it's a real thing. You're feeling, it's not your imagination. You're feeling something real. So we're going to interlayer this. I'm going to have our audience just let that kind of get back there in the back of your minds. And let's pick up on the good vibes that are here and flowing back and forth between Miss Pamela and I. And let's find out what she means by vibes. Well, great. And, and it is about energy. It is about frequency. And I think the challenge is that we often don't know the vibes that we're putting out because the greatest field of study is ourselves. At some point, you stop taking psych courses, you stop taking algebra, you stop taking whatever your course load was, but there's never a time when you should stop studying yourself. And I think that one of the biggest challenges and in terms of being weightless, is that we sometimes are carrying someone else's weight and we don't even know it and we're calling it our vibe. Mm -hmm. And we are holding on to things 
that don't serve us, that don't push us in the direction of purpose. And so as we go through these, um, these words today, we're going to talk about how to be different and how to be better. And most importantly, how to be our authentic selves. Yes, 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 yes. Hashtag rinse, repeat on all of that, all of that. So let's begin. So we've got five letters in vibes. Teach us, teach us, Miss Pamela. What does what does that V stand for? Well, we're going to spend the most time in the V, and then we will go on and talk about um, the other ones because the first one is really the keynote or really the linchpin that ties all the rest of the letters together. So the V in vibes is values. Mm. Now, everyone has values. And I would submit that everyone has all the values. It's just the order in which you place them. For instance, someone can value fun and someone can value sobriety. The person that has a substance use disorder, um, formerly we would call that alcoholism or a drug addict or something like that, that person must value sobriety above fun. And why is that? Because they may not be alive to have fun if they don't value their sobriety above fun. Someone may value um, food and also health. But if you eat the wrong type of food, your health will absolutely be compromised. And so we know, and, and you've talked about this a little bit, and I, I put it this way, when your way and your words don't match, that may be an idea that the values that you think you have, you may have them, but you may have them out of order. And mm -hmm. so why is it so important? Um, most people value wealth, right? And I, I say, when I say wealth, I mean not just making money, but I mean um, giving it the healthy place to stay around. Right. That's your investments. That's your your bank account. That's your understanding how to utilize it. So we, we value um, we do value wealth. Um, we may also value, uh, again, a travel. Mm -hmm. Right. If you put your travel above your wealth. Your wealth may not be sustained. If you put something and, and it show and it will tell you, your actions will show you, okay, this is really this is really a top value. And when you figure out your top values, you A decide, do I really want that to be my top value? B, if I don't, what really is my top value? And then C, how do I adjust myself? to make that change so that I can really live in the way that I want to live. Does, does that make sense? Am I? 
It does make sense. It does make sense. How does a person or how do you suggest that a person go about deciding what their top values are and how many do you want a person to initially work with? Do you want them to have three, four, 20? How do we get it down? How do we in a very practical Mm -hmm. approach, you know, I, Susan, my core values are. Sure. Um, I would say there there are a couple of things that you can do. First, you can write them down. And you know, both of us are fans of journaling. So um, journal and say, okay, these are my, these are my top five. And I would say five is really, you know, focus on those top five, right? And then watch yourself, observe yourself. If you say that relationships, and I I define value as something that is critical to your life, but you cannot physically touch. Mm. So you say relationships are your top value. Okay. Within relationships, we have family, we have familial relationships, we have corporate relationships, we have, uh, you know, maybe school, maybe, you know, some community relationships, we have all of these things and it's good to it's good to know and to to look at those things so you can say that my family is my top priority mm. right but then you watch yourself is your family really your top priority how do you know you watch yourself you you look at how much time do i spend with my family how much time do i spend on my job in my business with my community you watch yourself and if you find that you're not spending the time on relationships, perhaps you want to have that as a top value, but now you've got to readjust and realign so that what you say is your top value looks like your top value. Yes. So in other words, your walk and your talk are matching, are in alignment are in alignment. And in this world where, in fact, we might be spending most of our waking hours, for example, on a job. So a lot of times you hear work-life balance, which to me implies everything is in equal parts. I prefer the term work-life integration because you might say that relationships are a top value and within that top value is family. But when you look at it on the clock, you really, you're spending most of your time on a job. So how do you reconcile that where you really do want to demonstrate to your family that they're a top value, they're a top priority within this value called relationships. How do we bring about that work-life integration? I think there's a few things that you do. Um, we, we have the beauty of um, cell phones so that we can text the people that we care about. We also, we still have the ability to send cards and notes and letters. We can still do those kinds of things. Um, I heard um, many years ago that you have to plan in order to be spontaneous. So put something with your family on the calendar and make it a thing. This is non-negotiable. There is no, I mean, unless a family emergency happens that, um, you know, takes this family 
um, fun day that we're going to have, unless that happens, there is nothing else that comes in the way of that. And it's and it's about something else that's very important with value that values help you to do set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and why why is that thing that phone call that you must answer? It, it this forces you to ask us yourself a lot of questions. It's real grown up stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's it is setting aside the time and saying this is what I'm going to do, and I'm not doing anything else. It's about those two one syllable words that are so critically important. Yes. And no. And they're both complete sentences, aren't they? <laughs> and how do you work with people to say yes to themselves more and no to some of the distractions that pull us yeah. that can also seem terribly important and relevant at the time? One of the things that I work with people on is understanding that it is not disrespectful to your family, to your ancestors, uh, to anyone with whom, for whom you have great respect, when what works for them does not work for you and you make the decision to break away. So if you, you would not, um, if you were allergic to something and let's say your mother was not, it would not be disrespectful to your mother for you to not eat or use or consume that thing. It would be life preserving for you. In the same way, some of the practices, beliefs and thoughts that worked for our parents and for our ancestors don't work for us. The challenge is we've never challenged that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I help people give themselves permission to explore who they are and know that they can continue to honor the community, the family, and all of those wonderful people who gave them their loving best. It just was not the thing that worked for them. Beautiful, beautiful. And so putting, beginning to put all this together. Now, you said that we were going to spend most of our time in values because this, this is the, the anchor. It's the cornerstone. Could you take us a little bit maybe into I and B and then maybe bring it back to values so we can sure. see how the value piece is the cornerstone in the acronym VIBES? Sure. So the I in VIBES is incentives. Uh, very commonly now people say, what's your why? Right? Finding your why. And so with the incentive part of it, it's what motivates you? What pushes you? Uh, is, it, is it your children that you want to put through school? Is it uh, a diagnosis that where you could avoid medication if you would eat and if you would eat better and move more? Right? Um, is it uh, a business idea that you have where you can really see yourself launching this thing, but you have to adjust the way that you spend your money. And so the value of, let's say, freedom or um, entrepreneurship or uh, relationship, when you look at your incentives, 
you point back to that value and say, that's my why. And so that's how we incentivize ourselves to continue on what can be very challenging work, right? But in our minds, we're saying, I really need this. I want this in my life. And these are the reasons why. And this is why it's so important. And, you know, it may be looking at that picture of your daughter or son who you are working to save for, you know, uh, to, to again, for school or because they want to do something and you want to be able to provide that. Maybe that's your why. Maybe that's your incentive. Maybe somebody, maybe you're the one that everybody said couldn't do it. and and so as you as you move through time and space you know every time you want to give up you you see the face or you hear the voices of those people that told you you would never amount to anything Mm, mm. or the reverse yeah yeah that yeah yeah. the reverse can be also true where you're like hmm and I, I use this with voting all the time. Every time I think I don't want to vote, I think of my great grandmother who retired from the League of Women Voters at 99. Okay. And I think of Miss Fannie Lou Hamer. Yes. And I say, How dare you, Pam, get up right now. Get up get right now vote. and go and vote. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's almost so the, the, I can be that breadcrumb to your soul that brings you back to your value. Exactly. So what's your motivation? What's your incentive? This is feels hard today. I don't want to do this today. I want to separate myself from this today. And then you remember, what is that incentive that would have you get up and maintain the discipline to continue to move forward in your values, with your values intact. All right, good. So that's V and that's I. What's the B? The B is belief. The B is belief. So how does that work with values? Uh, Let's take respect as a value. So uh, I respect myself, so I believe in treating myself well. I respect myself, so I believe in leaving situations where I am not being respected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I saw a wonderful um, meme the other day. It said, I didn't, I didn't walk away to teach you a lesson. I did so because I learned mine. Oh, I love that. I love that. So yeah, that that was that was so good, and and so as we as we have our values, our beliefs tell us what do I do, what do what are the what are the principles that I uh, enact that I invoke because this is my value. Excellent, excellent. So belief is a way of ordering your footsteps. Absolutely. So we look and we're, we're building the spokes on this wheel, right? I love it. I love it. I love it. So we have our value, we have our incentive, and we have our belief. What is our E? 
something that people have a lot of issues with, and that is our economy. How do we handle the substance that we receive? I hear a lot of people pushing their children to go into careers because they are good paying careers. Uh, they are careers that will take them, they'll be able to stay there for 20 or 25 years. Well, not necessarily. And the reality is this, you can earn a great salary. I think anybody would say $100,000 a year, um, you know, is a, is a decent, um, decent salary, right? Yes. But if you spend $150,000 a year, you're in debt. Right. Likewise, if you make $50,000 a year and live like you earn $30,000 a year, you're in surplus. Mm -hmm. And that person in surplus that, you know, after the taxes and everything may be able to put away five, $7,000 a year, that person at the end of their regular working life or their regular business life is going to have a substantial amount of money. Yes. And they are going to be able to say yes and no to whatever <laughs> they want to say yes and no to because they chose to utilize everything that was at their disposal in terms of building wealth. And so that's what economy about economy is about. It's about looking at what is happening. What are the indicators? It's about educating yourself because you know what? Like they used to say in the old commercial, you're worth it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's just the truth. You're worth it. And I feel this piece here, this E, this economy piece Many of us need to spend a lot more time here developing our values around our economy. Because again, the statistics are not in the favor for people who are living in, in different communities, for women, for single people, married people, you name it. There is an aspect of this economy piece that we really need to spend a lifetime of study and learning around so that we can evolve in a particular way, so that we can take full advantage of the medicine of vibes, right? Absolutely. All right. All right. All right. So now <laughs> we have one more letter to go. And then I want to get back into this and talk about how do we apply the same model to the community or in or in the corporate world sure sure so the s is systems and so that's a perfect segue you didn't know it but that was a perfect segue um into what you just shared how do i operate with all of these things uh you you asked me to talk about how do we help people prioritize their values it's all about your systems Okay. What do you, uh, I, I, I went to a marvelous plant-powered workshop uh, Thursday evening. Most delicious food. It was amazing. Uh, you know, it was red onions and garbanzo beans and, uh, and, and grape tomatoes and zucchini. It was delicious and filling. And so for everyone 
who has the idea that if it's not a meal, if there's no meat, right? This was, I mean, it was delicious. And the garbanzo beans and, and Dr. Penn, you could speak, you know, probably much better to than about this than I, loaded with protein, mm-hmm. right? Um, it was a delicious, healthy meal. Everybody was full. It didn't take a whole, you know, a heaping plate to get full. And it's another recipe that I now have in my arsenal to cook in that way, right? And so if health is a value, I've built in the system now of when there are opportunities to go to these kinds of workshops, it was free in a beautiful atmosphere. It was free food. It was a beautiful environment. There were highly educated people there sharing the information. And I got a delicious meal with wonderful company. So that is a system for me. I look for those kinds of opportunities so that I can continue, as I said, to build up my arsenal of healthy eating tools, right? Um, Again, on healthy eating, you make a decision about what comes in your house. You plan in advance. This is what I'm going to eat. Right. This is what I'm going to consume. This is what I can do. Um, Again, systems. You want to do something with your family on the weekend, uh, but, you know, you've got a lot of laundry and you have the ability to go to maybe you have laundry at home or you have the ability to go to the laundromat um, on Wednesday and Friday. Okay, so we go to laundromat on Wednesday and Friday. So Saturday and Sunday. The house is clean. The laundry is done. And now we can go have fun. So it's all about how do I change the way that I act? How do I go through my day and then be able to put in those things that I say that I value the most? Then I'm able to do them and I haven't lost anything. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful, Tony. So there we have the whole vibes. We have value. We have incentive. Let me get it straight. We have belief. We have economy and we have systems. How do we put things in systems? So, so this is excellent information for the individual, for all of us that are here watching, participating together. How do you apply this in the corporate setting. So corporates are not that different than individuals, right? So how do you apply it in the corporate setting? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's look at the word corporate. It means body, right? And so how does this apply? You take the vision statement of a company. um, You take the mission statement of a company, and then you understand where they are headed, and then as you, and you do this in two prong, you take your individual vibes and say, now, how can I be this person within this framework? Because mm-hmm. that's important. You have to know who you are. And that's what vibes really gets down to, knowing who you are. But then you say, okay, I know who I am. And I have the vision and mission of the corporate of the corporation. Now, Let's see what their values are. And and you're going to get that from mission and vision. What are their values? 
-hmm. How can they be incentivized? How, as, as a, as a, a staff member, what, uh, incentivizes us. It's got to be more than profit because money is just not enough. Right? What do I know them to believe based on what their values are as a company? What kind of return on investment are they looking to get in terms of their economy? What's the budget for my, um, for my department? Mm -hmm. Who is, who is in my department? What are, uh, what are the roles of each and every person? And mm -hmm. how does that help them meet their bottom line? And then with systems, are we operating at our highest level? Are there things that we could change? And uh, I, I, I threatened to write an article called either Ode to the Mimeograph or Death to the Mimeograph. We no longer use that machine. And so now that we've got hours back of making copies, because now we can write a letter and send 10,000 emails, and that one letter is in seconds, where before, like I said, we, sometimes we act like we're still in the system that involved a mimeograph, where we have to turn and churn things to get. No, we don't have to do that. So since we can change up the way that we operate. Let's be our departmental efficiency expert and see, are the systems that we're using really the best and most effective systems based on the values that our organization has? So how can we as an organization, how, how can we as a department help them to streamline and increase their bottom line? And so that is a, just a small piece of how this can be navigated into a corporate setting. Okay, beautiful. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So we're going to go to a word from our sponsor in a moment. But before that, I just want to set up the next segment. As we were discussing backstage before the show, I just had an opportunity to be a part of a healing coalition, Embracing Buffalo, where I went, had an opportunity to visit the city of Buffalo and participate in four days of culturally informed, trauma-informed healing workshops, working with different groups, including the families and the survivors, first responders, Black leaders that were impacted by the racially motivated crime against humanity that occurred there on May 14th. So my question that I'd like you to think about while we're taking a little break to hear from our sponsors is how do we apply this system of vibes in a situation where something traumatic and shocking has happened? We're on the other side of it for a moment there can be this confusion where you might not even know your own name or you are in that space where you are broken hearted, where you're absolutely, you feel, you feel like you've been buried. You're not even sure if you can take your next breath. That's how devastated you're feeling. So we're going to hold those thoughts and then we're going to go backstage and have a word from our sponsor.
Waitlist with Dr. Carol Penn is brought to you by Penn Global Visions and Penn Global Medical Group. Thank you for joining us today. And can't you appreciate these kernels of wisdom that have been shared by Dr. Carol and Pamela Majors today? And perhaps you might have missed some, or perhaps you'd like to share them with some of your friends, family, or colleagues. Well, you can direct them to our um, uh, YouTube library or some of our podcast channels, which are available through uh, anchor.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are available. We encourage you to do that. And also, as Dr. Carol was mentioning, some of her other activities like in Buffalo, supporting Buffalo, for example, if you'd like to receive the weekly newsletter, please send an email to info at drcarolpen.com and we will put you on her weekly newsletter list and you can be brought up to date on all of the other activities that are going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Carol Penn and get involved. Our community is our community. We are we and that is a beautiful thing. So please continue to listen, continue to be a part of this community and let's expand it because the more we know, the more we can grow. Thank you again for joining us today. And let's get back to Dr. Carol and her super friend guest, Pamela Major. Thank you. Thank you. Well, here we are. We are back. And that's a wonderful thing. So, Pamela, would you please pick up on that thread, that idea? How do we apply vibe when the impossible has happened? Um, and just, you know, all support and honor and love and goodness to the people of Buffalo who are looking to pull themselves back together. This is not something that goes away in a month, five months, six months, a year. This is something that has changed their community forever. And how does how does or can vibes work with this? I've had the opportunity to work with women who have been victims of sexual or domestic violence. And I have to say that the order of this is, is perfect because first the healing work has to happen. How do I heal from this? What in the world is my world now? I can't spell my name. I think I might know it, but what is what is my life now? Right? So first you do the healing work. That's that's the 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 initial like how do I even what are the steps? Like I don't even know the steps to take. Mm -hmm. But then once the healing has started, what I have watched is Vibes helps people and communities to know who they are again. Yeah. It is, uh, I call it the fourth branch of government, the community. We the people, mm -hmm. right? What is our value for our community? What do we look at as the top priorities? What is our incentive to get there? 
what is our belief about how we can do this? You know, what, where is the, you know, all the grant funding and the donations for DEI and all of those things and emergency funds, how can we best use them to suit our community? Because Buffalo is not Schenectady and Schenectady, Schenectady is not Rochester and Rochester is not, um, uh, what am I thinking about? It's not uh, Long Island, the Hamptons, right? So, so what does our community really need? And let's take those funds from the economy and let's utilize them in what we really need, which probably will be some more long-term work with someone like you, you know, to bring the healing in. Because again, this is not an overnight thing. And then the systems, how are we going to operate now? What are we going to change now? Mm-hmm. What, what needs to be different as a result of this situation? And having those community conversations is huge. And it needs to be a community conversation because People, as you know, have a tendency to feel like they are no longer empowered when these things happen because I couldn't do anything to save my spouse from getting the birthday cake, right, for our baby. I couldn't do anything with that, but what can I do now? And it pushes us and encourages us to think what would we do differently? How can this community work differently? You know, will there be a difference in police presence? Will there be a difference in um, uh, how we come, what we find in terms of safety measures? Will there be emergency buttons that we can just push and activate, you know, um, security and police? So that if something like this happens, you know, the response can be faster, right? What mm-hmm. can we do? How do we want to set this up? So that's how you bring vibes into the community. And that's just in, in terms of this terrible case. But there, there could be great things like we're going to rebuild. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have a new apartment complex. What would you, what would you like? And it's going to be for affordable housing. What would you like there? Yes, yes, yes. How can that serve? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I'm thinking about the scripture pouring new wine into old skins and the old skins representing the systems. So how do we take the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing, and to you know, be invited into a community such as Buffalo and work with the police department, work with the medical system, work with the community of faith, work with the civic leaders. Because from my experience in, in, in doing this work, 
one of the things that I have noticed is that it's hard to be a prophet in your own land. So sometimes there seems to be a lot of confusion that falls around or circles around, even though the leaders might be saying, but I already know this work. I do this work. I do a version of it and nobody's listening. And that's that's often what happens, right? Is that yes. the leadership themselves have been through a trauma. And even though they are excellent leaders, it's now happened to them in their home community. So sometimes when an outside voice comes in that can just hear and feel into what's happening without being tied to that insider story, that opens up what I was referring to as before as the old skin. They can now pour new wine into a newer skin because someone with a different set of eyes, a completely different lived experience and viewpoint has come in and held up the mirror. So it's not necessarily the the outside voice, but it's who can come in and hold up the mirror and then ask you the question, what is it that you're wanting and needing now? And feel that right here. What is it that you are wanting and needing now? And feel that here in your heart. Yeah. So, and I think you do that. I have experienced you doing that in your workshops and the times that we have co-facilitated together. And it's such a beautiful opportunity to, to be the mirror holder. Say, no, this is you. You're going to do the work. You're going to do the work. I'm just holding up the mirror that allows you to see yourself through a different lens. And I'm, I'm the different lens. So, you know, it's like when someone hands you their readers, right? <laughs> or you say, yeah, let me, let me just, you know, see this. And it does help you shift perspective. And I think sometimes that is what traumatized communities need shift in perspective. They need that mirror held up and that's you know can be such a beautiful thing and then also again how do we apply vibes in the world of that passed on trauma intergenerational trauma that's passed on from generation to generation that intergenerational trauma that says oh well you know my mom and my dad had sugar so therefore i have to have sugar oh you know, the one that says, you know, my, my mom and my dad couldn't live on that block. So I'm not even going to look because I, I assume that that's something that's not available for me. Um, when, when we were in school as children, they used to have these little half sheets of paper with a little writing on them and uh, blank lines, um, blank line for the children's name. Uh, they would give all of this information and then a blank line and a date line for the parent's signature. What I'm referring to, if you haven't guessed it already, is a permission slip. <laughs> we have to give ourselves, and this is one of the things that I help people with, we have to give ourselves permission. Because as even as um, minors, we have to give ourselves permission to grow to change, to advance, um, to put to the side. We have to give ourselves permission to relieve ourselves from the guilt. Why am I alive and they're not? 
right? We have to give ourselves permission. Again, when we talked about a food, you know, if sugar, you know, as you know, when you, again, you can give much more information about this than I, sugar is a highly addictive, it's more addictive than drugs, right? Um, It inflames our bodies. It eats away at us. And a lot of times the reasons that our foreparents had it, especially in terms of type two diabetes, is that they didn't know how to eat. Mm-hmm. And they would not change their eating habits. And if anybody's seen the movie Soul Food, you know, we know what happened to mama because she would not do that, right? We have to give ourselves permission to be different. Being different is not disrespectful. And as we talked earlier about the parents, you know, identifying what parents did, a community did, and so forth, well-meaning, well-intentioned, worked or didn't work for them. But now in this next generation, in your generation, you have the responsibility for you. You know, you have the opportunity and you have the responsibility for you. So with that, what will you do? Will you give yourself permission to be different so that you can have the life that you desire to have? I love that. I love the point that you are positioning the person to choose and to give themselves permission to be different and how you are uncoupling that from disrespecting your parents or your elders, your past or your community. That's one of the things that I, I, I do see where when people are, they're, they're stuck in a certain aspect of the past and they're stuck in such a way that if, well, there's the fear of being put out of your community, isn't there? There's the fear of being told that, you know, who do you think you are? You're not this enough. You're not that enough. Look at how this one talks. Look at how this one dresses. And there is a real fear and there can be the experience of being betrayed, rejected, or abandoned by one's community of origin. Um, I want to get it right. Um, Lisa Nichols, uh, motivational speaker, Lisa Mm -hmm. Nichols, I heard her say this. I woke up liking myself. So your like is just extra. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. (laughs) And on that note, that note, Miss Pamela, life coach, advocate for the community, advocate for the individual author, speaker, person who needs to be in all the corporate offices, needs to be in all the communities, the churches, the colleges, person who does not need to be a best kept secret. Because this approach, this idea, the medicine of vibes belongs in every household and it belongs in every community. And if you resonated with 
Miss Pamela Major, I want you to be sure that you go to her website or that you email her and reach out to her and find out how you can get a little Miss Pamela Major seasoning. And I mean that in both ways, but go to that website and find out what I'm talking about in your life so that you can do what? So that you can shift, so that you can raise your vibe. Thank you so much, Miss Pamela. Will you come back to Waitlist with Dr. Carol Penn again? Anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing all of the wisdom that you shared, for dropping your pearls. I'm going to invite our wonderful theme song written and performed by Mr. Kenny Brazil Hamilton to take us out and I will see you backstage in the green room. How's that? Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. See you all next Sunday for show number 10, last show of the summer season with Dr. Nosheen Ranjbar. And we're going to be mental health, mental health, very important show. See you all next time. Greatness, greatness. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces, it's amazing. Weightless.